Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Tonight, uh, the, the title of this message is A Need to Know. A Need to Know and a call to pray. A need to know, a call to pray. The Apostle Paul wrote to the born-again believers in the city of Rome. Rome was going through some very difficult times and he wrote to them and, and uh, as he wrote to these believers in Rome, in Romans the first chapter in verse 13, we're going to launch off of a thought that he had. In fact, he shared this thought five times in his writings in the New Testament. And the thought he wrote in Romans 1.13, he said, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren. I love what the, what the King James says. Is it says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Okay? Uh, in, in, in fact, uh, I heard one preacher preach when I was a very young man, still in high school. Uh, I don't want you ignorant, brethren. But he preached it like, I don't want you ignorant, brethren. You know? <laughs> I don't want you ignorant, brethren. I, I, I don't want you, and God does not want us to be unaware. He continues, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now. Let's stop there. Uh, hindered until now. Uh, now, the Apostle Paul wanted to have some fruit among the Romans, but something hindered him from going to Rome. We don't know because of the sentence construct here and because of the word that is used here, we are unsure whether he means that God uh, you know, uh, 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 put up his hand and did not allow it or whether there was an obstacle in his way or whether it was the persecutions or, or, or whether it was Satan or whether it was, what was it? Were, were, were those, per, you know, what was it that hindered him? We don't know. We only know that he planned on going and something stopped him from going. Now, uh, you know, it might have been God. It may not have been God. We don't know. But he did not want, and continuing with this thought all through his writings in the New Testament, he did not want others to be unaware of what was going on around them or what other people were experiencing around them. And so we're going to hold that thought. Also, connecting this, to 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter in verse 18, the apostle Paul said, therefore we wanted to come to you. In the earlier verse, he wanted to go to Rome. Here he's wanting to go to Thessalonica. He says, even I, Paul, time and again, basically, I, I wanted to come to you more than once, but Satan hindered us. We know what hindered him here. We know that this was the devil that was, you know, uh, pulling anything he could out of his, you know, bag of tricks. Anything he could to keep the Apostle Paul from going to Thessalonica and investing in them the word of Almighty God. We don't know about Rome. You know, it could have been God that said, not time, not yet. Or it could have been the devil. But we know in Thessalonica it was the devil that hindered him. There are a lot of things that keep us from doing something. 
And sometimes they are God and sometimes they aren't. Sometimes we're even unsure. But the Apostle Paul wrote to us the need to know the things that are going on around us. It's important that we not be unaware. I don't want you to be unaware, he's saying here in, 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 in Thessalonians. I don't want you to be unaware of Satan's attack and how he has perpetrated attacks against you and your family, against your future, against your nation, against your generation. Don't be unaware that Satan is perpetrating attacks to hinder you here in Thessalonians, specifically, the devil was keeping the word of God and Jesus Christ from being preached. How can a pastor, a parent, or a friend stand by and see the things that are going on in this generation and not speak up? So many people are unaware. Do you know when I get outside the circle of my close friends and I step into the world, do you know how many people I encounter, even how many people I encountered in the last couple of weeks during this holiday season that are completely unaware of the things that I am so acutely aware of? Completely unaware of things that are going on in our world and things that are going on in our nation in this generation that are evident attacks on you, on your family, on your friends, on our nation, and on this generation. I don't want you to be unaware. How could I be a good pastor and not share with you some things you need to be aware of and also tell you you have a need to know and you also have a call to prayer. Let me give you a little disclaimer here for those of you especially that are watching or those of you in here. Uh, the content of this message from here on is not age appropriate for children. Please, you know, uh, you know parental discretion is advised. But there are some things that you need to know. There are some things that we cannot bury our heads in the sand about that are going on around us and God needs us. God needs us today. And we cannot afford to be in a way. There are some things that are not only not age appropriate for children, there are some things that, that are not appropriate for parents to hear. Because <laughs> it's gonna scare the living daylights out of some of you. But nonetheless, with that disclaimer, let me just share a few things. And not everything that I'm going to talk about is uh, age inappropriate, okay? But, or some people might say church inappropriate, because I'm going to use a few words tonight. Let me just go ahead and anesthetize you a little bit. You're going to hear the word penis tonight. <laughs> oh, Lord, Brenda said. <laughs> You're also going to hear, you know, you may want to turn me off until later. No, no don't, 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 don't turn me off. You need to know. You have a call to prayer. You're also going to hear, um, let, let me see if I can say them when I get to them, okay? Are you ready? But not immediately. Let's, let's ease into this. Three days ago, you need to know. Three days ago, the U.S. Congressional House of Representatives opened up the 117th Congress. 
Congress by, uh, you know, inviting a pastor as is normal, and they have a congressman pastor, uh, this Congressman Cleaver. He's a, a, a representative from Kansas City, Missouri. And you may have seen this, you may not have seen this, but in his opening prayer, opening up the Congress as they do each year, uh, because after all, we are one nation under God, indivisible. Uh, this is an important moment for our lawmakers. It's an important moment for our year of legislation. Uh, and, and uh, you know, um, they, they, they are accepting the challenge each year of representing Americans and representing us in Washington, D.C. And so uh, in case you missed this opening prayer on C-SPAN on Monday, uh, allow me to tell you a little bit about it because, uh, you know, you need to know. Um, this is an article. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read this article. Uh, uh, you can go online to easysermons.com and you can find the source for this. To close a prayer, uh, Congressman uh, Cleaver uh, delivered from the House chamber Sunday to mark the swearing in of the 117th Congress. Representative Cleaver, an ordained minister, altered the traditional amen at the end of the prayer to include amen and a woman. Uh, he said this, and I quote, May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace, Cleaver said during his two-minute invocation. Peace in our families, peace across the land, and dare I ask, O oh Lord, peace even in this chamber. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma. And God, known by many names, by many different faiths, a man and a woman. Now, you know, you have need to know this. And by the way, if you're wondering what the monotheistic God Brahma is, he is the Hindu God. Uh, of, you know, they, they, they created him with creation. Okay. This is an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, born in Waxahachie, Texas, just a few miles up here. Okay. Educated, graduated from A&M, and then got a Master of Divinities at a theological seminary. And then went on to pastor a church in Kansas City, Missouri for years and elected to Congress. And he's praying in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma. Over our Congress, over our nation. You have a need to know. You have a need to know that not everyone that says, I am an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ is, you know, God by which we know, you know, by many names. Uh, uh, well, uh, Lord Jesus, help us all. And by the way, Brahma was born, was hatched out of a golden egg, you know, if that makes you feel any better. Um, Congressman Cleaver's decision to gender the word Amen. Comes just days after Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, introduced new House rules that would honor all gender identities by claiming 
that eliminating specific terms such as mother and father and son and daughter and aunt and uncle from any congressional text. Okay? So presently, in, you know, uh, this, is, this, is the in, this is the introduction and the hope that saying mother or father, you can't, you have to say parent. Can you imagine muzzling our congressmen and congresswomen that you can't say son or daughter, you have to say, you know, a child. You can't say brother or sister, you have to say sibling. You can't say grand, grandmother, grandfather. Do you know uh, that, that uh, uh, listen, she said this, instead, only gender neutral terms such as parent, child, sibling, parents, sibling, for uh, an aunt and uncle, would be allowed in the text of congressional rules. She calls these rules future focused. Well, guess where the world is going? Guess what it's focused on? Uh, she defended them as more inclusive, the most inclusive rules in history. Now, you have a need to know and you have a call to pray because uh, effectively these rules make it unacceptable to reference Jehovah as Father, as your Heavenly Father. It is now basically moving toward what we tolerate becomes a norm moving towards no longer being able to call Jesus the son of God in Congress in our US Congress does this concern anyone Mary cannot be the mother of Jesus anymore you have a need to know you have a call to pray one simple thing that maybe you weren't aware of. I don't know. Maybe you caught it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you knew. Maybe you didn't. But I don't know what you are hearing or aren't hearing or if you have decided that you don't want to hear anything. But let me tell you, you have a need to know. You don't need to be unaware how Satan is trying to hinder the Word of God from reaching you know, Rome and Thessalonica and your house and your neighbor and your friend. Moving on, a new California law passed by Congress and signed into the law by the governor removes statutory sentencing for adult sex offenders who engage in oral or anal sex with children, providing the child is at least 14 years of age and the adult is not more than 10 years older than the child. So effectively, it is law that a 24-year-old could have sex with a 14-year-old anal and oral sex because vaginal sex and intercourse between heterosexuals were was was already covered in the California law okay but they have decriminalized and created an opportunity instead of just saying all sex with a 14 year old is wrong they went the other direction and said all sex with a 14 year old as long as uh, two, two basic tenets as long as the uh, uh, um, partner is not more than 10 years older and as long as the 14 year old for example consents then a parent a parent a social worker a school teacher uh, 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 you know no one Okay? No law enforcement agency, no law can demand that a judge convict or punish a predatory pedophile. 
or make them register as long as I said they are not more than 10 years older and not uh, as long as they gain the consent you need to know you need to know and by the way these kinds of things are not just happening in America Denmark Denmark has released its latest children's cartoon it is quickly become the most watched and viewed cartoon if you haven't seen it yet well it's it's new so you probably haven't I know that you may want to rush home and and you know set your your they're, they're targeting four years old through 11 year old to, to sit your children down in front of John Dillerman roughly translated from their language John penis man his claim to fame and his superpower as it is is he has the longest penis in the world a penis which he uses as a dog leash as a pogo stick he even steals ice cream from children with it isn't that ludicrous that's so crazy but people are complaining but don't be so quick to say praise God you know what they're complaining about you know what the critics say it's unfair because this is gender bias because it's a man and because four years old through 11 year old they have not yet decided what gender they want to be we shouldn't confuse them and make them think that somehow men have greater uh, you know uh, 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 abilities than women do so there's a complaint because it's not an equality here what are they going to do what kind of superpower would a woman have large breast the largest breast in the world whereby she will be able to drain every bank account oh no that was the 60s yeah I actually said that not in my notes by the way <laughs> this gets crazy and nuttier and nuttier and nuttier and nuttier uh, you know these are just three examples it is it is it is a crazy world out here you have a need to know and you have a call from God to pray back to America you saw what happened last year with COVID-19 and the arguments and the fussings and the fightings and, and the CHOP and the CHAZ Autonomous Zones and Antifa rights and BLM and defund or defend the police. Which one are we going to do? White fragility, uh, violence in American cities, election scandals, the U.S. Supreme Court refusal to even hear uh, cases by, by 18 states at least brought against other states and, 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 and the unprecedented Middle East peace agreements with, with Israel. And, uh, and, and today the takeover of the of, of the capital in Washington DC it gets nuttier and nuttier and nuttier without respect to whether you're a Democrat or a Republican without respect to what background or what circumstance or situation you are in this is getting out of hand has gotten out of hand listen where in the world did people decide that they had a right to take things into their own hands and create violent atmospheres where today a woman was shot 
and killed. Our policemen, our law enforcement, they deserve more than this. I have lost all faith in the system. I have no faith in the system. I do not believe that Trump is the answer. I do not believe that Biden is the answer. I do not believe that our Congress is the answer, our Senate is the answer. I do not believe that our Supreme Court or one new justice conservative is the answer. I do not believe they are the answer. I do not believe they have the answer. I believe that you are the answer in Jesus Christ. There is one answer and one answer alone. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified and you are the voice of God in the earth. I have lost faith in every answer but one. As I said, there's only one answer. It's Jesus Christ, and he is the son of his father, almighty God, creator of the universe. We must, church, listen, listen to me, saint. I hope I shock the living daylights out of you. We must be his voice. We must not be the voice of the system. I command you in the name of Jesus, stop being the voice of the Republican Party. Stop being the voice of the Democratic Party. Stop it in the name of Jesus. Church, come on now. You're bigger and you're better and you're more powerful than this. Jesus upbraided his disciples for their unbelief. He rebuked them. Let me rebuke you. If you have been standing on one side of the aisle because one side is no different than the other side, there might be different platforms, but I see people on both sides praying and seeking God, but yet God is standing alone. And he's wanting people to come to him. He's not trying to get you to convert to a different political aspiration we must not be the voice of our ethnic bias we must not be the voice of the white man of the black man of the hispanic of the of of, of the asian of the middle eastern of the muslim we must be a voice for jesus christ you've got to stop drawing yourself or allowing yourself to be drawn into these frays and these fights that are so beneath the cause of Christ. We must not be the voice of a gender revolution or of a woke social agenda. We must look up and lift up our heads. Why? Because our redemption draws nigh. 
Jesus Christ is more important. Souls will live, die, and go to heaven or hell based upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how shall they know, the book of Romans says, unless someone takes the time to tell them about a loving, forgiving, wonderful Savior that is not really you know, uh, uh, caught up in all of the personal phrase that we are. And yet there is a devil that is attacking our families and attacking our, our futures, attacking our nation, attacking our capital. There is a devil. Do you think God sent people in to, 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 to create violence and to break windows? No! We have a way in our nation given to us by God that doesn't mean that we have to go out and ride and loot and burn down uh, buildings and businesses and, and, and try to get all we can and can all we get. Listen, God is greater than that. But how shall they know unless we tell them? How shall they see Christ if they cannot see him in us? How shall people ever come to a loving Savior if we cannot even manifest the love of God in us. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It is quite possible that God has stripped us from every other avenue of help in this nation to show us that men do not trust in chariots or in horses, but rather they must trust in the name of the living God. Let me tell you, Jesus is coming. We must be prepared. We must be prepared. We have been called by God for such a time as this. You may sound like the voice of one person crying in a wilderness. Prepare for the coming of the Lord. But let me tell you, when the one voice that you raise is a voice of God and not a voice of aggravation, irritation, frustration with the other side, whichever side you're on, wherever you are, when all we can do is lift up a complaint, when all we ever we can do is condemn, when all we can do is curse the darkness, who is lighting a lamp? No man, the Bible says, lights a lamp and puts it under uh, a, a, a bushel. But rather, if you're going to light the lamp of, of, of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you set it up in a high place where people can see it. And you may sound, you may feel, and you may be the voice of one person crying in a wilderness. Prepare for the coming of the Lord. Noah was that one in his day. Prepare, but he faithfully, he faithfully shared while he prepared. Noah, John the Baptist, me, you. John the Baptist, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all say he had but one message. His message was repent for the Lord is coming. Repent. That needs to be, you know, that's the first message we're told that Jesus preached. We may talk a little bit about that on Sunday when we're, when we're getting back into Mark. But that was the message. Repent. Well, now I've said that, I don't have to say it. We'll go to something else on Sunday. It's going to be 
Good. God's already been, God's been speaking to me so much this week out of Mark. Well, there are three voices tonight. You're the voice of God. There are three voices God has given us which we must use in these days. Let me share them with you. This is, this is crucial for us, us in here. You know, come on now, come on now. Wherever you are in life, wherever you've come from in life, whatever circumstance, situation you find yourself in, let me tell you, God loves you, okay? If you're watching and, and you're in Washington, D.C., you know, a, a, a part of all the things that happen, you know, God loves you and has a plan for your life. You know, the church should be loving and caring about you. We're not, I'm not talking about being judgmental and critical and condemning. That is, a, not, that is not a work of the church. That, that's the devil trying to separate. You know, God is trying to gather. I promise you, God will get us all cleaned up when we get there, if we can just get there. Come on. Let's get people into heaven. Three voices that God has given us that we need to use in these days. Number one is the voice of prayer. Prayer to God. Prayer in agreement with His Word, not prayer in agreement with our position. Prayer in agreement not, uh, with, with His Word, not prayer in agreement with our, uh, with our experience. Prayer according to His Word, not prayer according to our uh, you know, own desires or designs. Um, uh, we need to pray for God's will to be done. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, some men count slack, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How many people does God want saved? All. All of them. That's right. He even wants people that, that aren't like you and people that don't like you to be saved and to repent. He's not willing that any should perish. A second voice that you have that I want to encourage you to use is a voice of confession. You need to use this voice of confession in your life. Just like we shared a while ago when I said, say to yourself, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Listen, our voice of confession, it moves things. It, it does. Hold fast your profession of faith, the Bible says. Nothing wavering. You know, my God has a plan. I need to tell myself that because sometimes it looks like he doesn't. And sometimes it looks like he's forsaken us. But I am told by the word of God, and this is my confession, he will never leave me and never forsake me, that I might boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Who, you know, if God be for me, who can be against me? We, like Abraham, call those things which be not as though they are. It's a last day's call of God on our life. In Joel, the third chapter, our voice of confession. This is Joel talking about the last days. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all mankind. And then he goes into chapter 3. You know, you know, in chapter 2, he says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And he'll, he'll pour his spirit on all flesh. You know, and, 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 and then in, in, in chapter 3, verse 9, he says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Now, lest you think that he's talking about fighting with sticks and stones or guns and swords, you're wrong. Because the 
the weapons of our warfare, they are mighty through God, but they are not carnal. They are pulling down strongholds and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every one of our thoughts to the obedience of Christ Jesus. We often win the battle here, and then we go out and share the victory with others. Look in verse 10. He says, beat your plowshares into swords. What kind of swords do we have? We have the word of God is the sword of our spirit. It's time that we stand up. It's time that we get serious. And it's time that we take the word of God as our sword of the spirit. And he said this, and your pruning hooks into spears. And then he talks about the voice of confession, how powerful it is. Whenever we are in a warfare to let the weak say, I am strong. You feel weak? Well, I want you to say, I'm strong. I want you to say to yourself, I am strong. I want you to say to yourself what God wants you to say. I can do this. I can do this. I can share the love of Christ above my political agenda. I can share the love of Christ above my my preferences. Uh, I can share the love of Christ to others. And I can tell them about a Jesus who loves them and cares about them. And is bigger than the political problems, bigger than the racial divisions, bigger than than the social agenda and the socialist agenda. My God is able, and I refuse to believe that I cannot change things. I will change things in my neighbors. I will change things in my community. I will change things in my family because I am the voice of Almighty God, the voice of one if I have to cry in the wilderness. I will cry, prepare for the Lord is coming, and God will cause people to hear that. And when I don't feel like I can, I'm going to tell myself I can, and I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to speak up with a voice of prayer to God and a voice of confession strengthening myself. And then I'm also going to have a third voice and it's the voice of command. God has given us a voice of command. Our sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Isaiah the prophet told us to keep not silent. Keep not silent, he said. There's been enough silence from our pulpits, us trying to just imagine it was going to go away and maybe we could not make it worse or, 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 or from well-meaning Christians in workplaces. But let me tell you, naming the name of Jesus Christ is a dangerous thing today. I'm not talking about being judgmental and critical and pointing a finger and trying to educate everybody on things that the world's doing. Let me tell you, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's waxing worse and worse and it's not going to get any better, okay? This is the best it gets. Unless you're on your way to heaven, let me tell you, this is the best it gets. But God has given us a voice of command. This morning and early in the morning, the Lord spoke to me. He interrupted my thoughts and he said something to me. And the result of what the Holy Spirit was impressing on me found me praying to Almighty God. I acted on what the Lord impressed me about. And I began this morning, early this morning, to rebuke demons in Washington, D.C. and to command them to get out of our Capitol buildings and to get out of our judiciary and to get out of our executive branch. I commanded demons and devils to, to flee and to, and to you know, bound them up and Yeah, I have a voice of command. 
I can do that. The Bible says I can do that. And whatever I bind on earth to be bound in heaven, whatever loose on earth needs to be that which God has already loosed in heaven. I have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And let me tell you, I can tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt me. And that's what you have to imagine and confess and believe as you exercise your voice of command and do what Jesus said in Mark 11 verse 22. He said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Speaking to the mountains. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. God needs you to be his voice, his voice of prayer speaking into the heavens, his voice of confession taking captive your own thoughts and renewing your mind, and his voice of command speaking to the mountains, to the obstacles, to Satan, and to the demons and devils of this world that are holding captive the minds of men and women and leading them into such depravity that they would do the things we have seen. By the way, do you know the word amen has nothing to do with gender? It is a Hebrew, uh, out of a Hebrew word that means so be it. Making something out of nothing. God, God needs you to be his voice. You were born for such a time as this. And also, the Bible says if a man says something and then later on claims I was just joking, don't believe him. That's evil, the Bible says. Proverbs says that. You can't just say later on, well, I was just joking. No, you weren't. You're a liar. You need to get born again. Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. You need to turn your life over to Christ, rededicate your life. We need to know that the enemy is afraid of our prayers. He's afraid of our confession. He's afraid of our command. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people, a special people unto God. That's who you are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. You are a child of God. All of the diamonds in this world pale in comparison to what you will see in heaven and receive and have free access to. The streets you walk on there will be paved with gold. Why do we sell our souls for such fleeting things? Tonight we're going to pray, confess, and command the will of God over our lives, our families, our nation, and this world. God is calling you. You have a need to know. Invest yourself to find out what's going on and then exercise your voice of prayer, confession, and command. Okay? And do it with power. Do it with confidence. And do it with courage as we shared Sunday. Let's pray right now. Lord, we implore you, sir. We offer ourselves on an altar of sacrifice to you, sir. Lord, a willingness, Father, to be your voice 
Teach us to be gentle, Lord, without criticism, condemnation, Lord, rejection, Lord, but passionate, Lord, confident, courageous, bold, that we might share the love of Jesus Christ and the plan that you have, Lord, that we might lift up that name, Lord, that we might be a voice in the earth, God. And Lord, help us to confess, Lord, confess your word over our lives to keep us strong and to weed out, Lord, all those uh, desires and tricks and deceptions of the devil so we be not hindered from bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting world. Keep us outside the envelope, Lord, of those things that have captured the world. And God, we have a voice of command. We say to all of the demons and devils, the principalities and the powers, over our communities, over our nation, all of those spirits of oppression, all of those demons that divide and deceive, we say to you in the name of Jesus, you loose our nation and you let us go. You have no right or claim here. We cancel your authority in the name of Jesus. This is our land. And every place on which the sole of our foot is tread, God has given us as an inheritance. We claim Washington, D.C. And we claim uh, Southeast Texas and all the land in between. We declare that you have no right. And we pray for angels on assignment. God, send angels to uproot the sin and deception and the evil-mindedness, the divisiveness, Lord, of all these, Lord, who would perpetrate such horrible designs against your people, your nation. God, we trust in you. And we thank you, sir, for your superintending power. Teach us, lead us and call us in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.